Hey, welcome to The Protectors. We are in season two, but you know what? We are way into season two now. I think we're on episode 40-something of season two. We're almost getting to that point of 200 episodes, which is great for The Protector series. So welcome to my good friends, Andrew and Wilson. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, it's always good to be here, man. It's one of our favorite stops. You're two of my favorite guests. We're what ready you to talk. On, buddy? I've got a lot going on, but after um, we'll talk about that later on. Right now, we were talking about you guys. Now, right before the show, we were talking about I have an upcoming um, appearance slash military advisor role in a um, limited budget horror movie. I'll call it a limited budget horror movie called Clown Motel 2. So, yes, yes, gentlemen, you will be seeing me on some sort of screen. That's awesome. In dude. the future. Well, you know, you've got two clowns on the show right now. So right. it's like preparation. Training. Jason and Jeff, two clowns. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, uh, Jeff, you guys always get the same questions about your military background. I think you've been on the show a bunch of times, both talking about it. Let's talk about something different today. Awesome. Um, there is at the end of the show, a little bit, or maybe midway, we'll give out the big announcement that you guys have. But right now we were talking about movies. So you guys have incredible series of books. So many books. I don't even I ask me to, to count them all off. I couldn't do it. But let's throw a what if scenario at you. If you could have pick your top three characters, pick your top actors you want to play them. So give me the character and then give me the actor. Both of you guys. You got, and you can't have the same actors. So, Jeff, we'll go with you first. Top three characters, and who do you want to play them? Well, let's go back and forth a little bit so I have time. To okay, okay. No problem. No problem. We'll go with but, your um, top actor and your top character. Well, I think that, you know, obviously John Dempsey is why we have a career. So we got to have to have John Dempsey in the mix. I think Elizabeth Grimes is going to have to be one of the characters we'll talk about just because, you know, she started out as this kind of minor character that was a foil for our tier one operators and kind of their pain in the ass. And now she has evolved into this amazing human being and an amazing asset to the team. So she'd have to be in there. And then Kelso Jarvis, simply because he's so different and so interesting. So those are going to be my three characters who would I want to play them? Um, I think, first of all, I got to tell you, well, I'll start with Elizabeth Grimes. It's got to be um, somebody that's super fit, super driven. You know, it's going to have to be that kind of that kind of person. Um, and, and I'm not the best person to ask this because when I picture our stuff becoming a movie, I don't as much as I love these actors and their films, like it's the dream to have a Mark Wahlberg or something like that. I like to think of our characters coming to life in an actor that is not a blockbuster, that they become blockbusters in our film because people have a view of who Mark Wahlberg is, but they also have a view of who John Dempsey is. And I think it's really cool if you bring someone new in that doesn't, disrupt all the preconceptions you have of the character. So I'm sort of cheating on your question, as you can see. Um, but I think finding some people that actors that are very talented, but less well-known is a little bit more exciting um, to introduce a franchise. The risk of course is, you know, Mark Wahlberg brings ginormous money to, to the table. And so, you know, you're going to be successful. Um, 
But I, that's that's sort of where I am. I would like to have somebody for these characters that you they look familiar, but they're not someone who is like on the tip of your tongue, like a household name. Is that cheating, Jason? Did I did I totally screw your question? Yeah, that was that was an easy <laughs> way out. Jason Piccolo for Dempsey. Hey, Jason Piccolo, there you go. Jason After Piccolo. I get done with Clown Motel Two, I'll, I'll start getting in shape. Yeah, we can. And now, and I, I, I like you as Brian. Dempsey. I like you as Dempsey. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's the, it's Maybe the, we get Josh Hood. Josh Hood could play uh, Simon Adamo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's let's pick your cast of your of the people you know. Yeah, Mark Greeny can play. Well, maybe Mark Greeny could play um, Kelso Jarvis or something like that. Yeah, he's like a brainiac, right? Mark is yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got that, that amazing personality, but a different way of thinking that's not it's not troublesome, but you know you're in the presence of weird greatness. I love Mark. He, he, would, be a, he would be a good Kelso Jarvis. He's just a little too young is all. Yeah, that's true. That he could be a young Kelso Jarvis in one of our oh, in the Origins series or something. There you go. There you go. The Origins yeah. with Mark Green. Who's that guy that plays on um, uh, the Umbrella Academy, Jason? That guy. He's got all the big muscles, but he looks. I, uh, I've been waiting to watch that. It is a good watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty good. The first season was pretty good, but I saw that dude. He had like a really bit part in. Uh, Terminator, um, what was the latest Terminator? Terminator, the, the one that just came out. Yeah. Over last Christmas. That one was actually way better than I thought it was. Um, yeah. But that, that guy has like some some acting chops. He's pretty I'm good. I'm looking it up right now. Is it, would it be? Tom Hopper. Tom Hopper. He could play oh, a yeah. cool Dempsey. He's got a good look to him. So, uh, he's playing a lot of good things. Yeah, he would be a good one. Yeah, I was thinking that for Dan Munn, maybe we get uh, you know someone a little bit off color. What if we get like a Jim Gaffigan or? Yeah. <laughs> and and so Jason, the inside story of that is the reason that would be so fun is two reasons. One, we're huge Jim Gaffigan fans, and we talk about his comedy when we're when we're together. We like binge watch stand up with Jim Gaffigan, so that would be fun. But the other reason is that uh, he doesn't look like, although he used to be a football player in college, I don't know if you know that, but he doesn't look like a super athlete. And the character of Dan Munn is actually written in honor of a very good friend of mine named Dan Munn, who is about six foot three and pretty solid, very fit guy, very quiet. So having this, he's got dark hair and a crew cut. So having a chin gap play would be... I'm sorry. I don't mean to. This is like an inside joke for just me now. Oh, you know, <laughs> while you guys, while you're telling me the inside joke, my daughter is showing me my Jason mask. Over nice, here, so. nice. Please well, tell her you know, if you remember, Jeff, in Zero Dark Thirty, uh, the team guys they had uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah, and, and that was before he was a big action star. He was on Parks and Rec, and he was not uber fit like he was in uh, his later movies, right? So that was sort of like that first crossover where they took a guy who had a comedic sense and they put him into this operator role, and it, it, it worked. I think it. I think that maybe caused him to transition over into action movies after that. So you're saying Gaffigan could work. I'm saying I yeah. if you put Gaffigan with like a Tom Hopper or something like that, 
to make it work. work. Mm-hmm. For Berthnall, what's I mean, the dude from Punisher, uh, John Berthnall? Yeah. He, he could tear it up as Dempsey. Actually, yeah, he's got that quiet, brooding. Like, yeah. he'd, he'd be a great Dempsey. He's a guy that's got something going on he's not talking about. Even when you see him, like, in an interview, like, when he's just really being him, he's all, he's got that kind of thing about mm-hmm. Reminds me of Dempsey. That's a good one, Brian. That's a good call. There you go. Look at you guys kind of floating around the questions there and developing characters. I like this. My my recent favorite horror movie, there is some really good one called um, Bone. It's with Kurt Russell. It's so bizarre. Oh, I've yeah. seen it. Uh, it is so bizarre. Okay. It's so good. And it's like horror slash... I gotta find it. That's a creepy. It's it's more creepy than horror. That's a good movie. Yeah, I'm trying to find my IMDb here. Bone something. Welcome to the professional interviewing style. I know it's because we're all friends now, and so like we're the. It's the most ineffective, time inefficient. Bone. My uh, we accidentally clicked on uh, you know, on the Bone Apple Tomahawk. Movie. What is it called? Yeah, Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. That's exactly it. You got to. You got to watch. It's that. the most disturbing movie. Yeah. Oh, is, it, is it new? It's been out about uh, a year or two. It's not. It's not old. It's a couple years old. Well, I accidentally clicked on the Jordan Peele movie. This is us, and it has the creepiest, uh, like, cover picture of this little girl with like a mask that's her. Yeah. Face. And you know when the Apple TV comes up, you know that one kept popping up on the front and <laughs> my seven-year-old kids are like oh what is uh, that? Like every time dad why is that on the screen turn it off turn it off you know what's surprising so big news coming up from you two and let's hear it let's hear it first from brian because i'm always asking jeff first brian tell us what's the big news all right well we got some big news like you said and uh we're, we're really excited to announce that uh, Andrews and Wilson is going to be uh, taking over Webb Griffin's presidential agent series. That, that is huge. And I'm going to give a <laughs> golf clap, little golf, golf clap. clap. Hold on, little golf clap for you guys. So, Jason, uh, like you, I I grew up reading the core series by Webb Griffin. It was just like. Um, you know, he had such an, a unique ability to, yeah, there you go. There you go. To, to blend that his history, like real world history with action and excitement. I've always been a big fan. And uh, when, when this opportunity was, uh, was given to us, when we were invited to, to do this by uh, Tom Colgan over at Penguin, I, I can't even tell you how excited we were. I've, neither of us has ever done a, you know, writing an estate deal like this, you know, like people are doing Clancy and uh, all these other deals, the Ludlum. Uh, and it's not something that was really on my radar. I mean, it's we've talked about it when different opportunities have been out there before, but it's not something that I like dreamed of doing, but if you were going to do one, bringing Webb Griffin back to life, that's a big one for a military guy uh, like Brian and I, that's a really cool opportunity to, to honor the memory of Webb Griffin and his, his impact on military fiction. 
And it's not just military either. So when I grew up, I always wanted to be a soldier, but then I always wanted to be a cop too. So he had the Badge of Honor series. And I love the Badge mm-hmm. of Honor series, man. Because like it was Philadelphia and you always have the same character who's kind of comes from the rich background and he has all the cool gadgets and cars and stuff. But uh, it was a really great series and the Brotherhood of War as well. So that was pretty much, you know, the 80s and 90s for me. And then later on, you started getting in the post 9-11 series. And I haven't read any of the new um, presidential, was it presidential agent? Presidential yeah. agent. Yeah. So I'm going to start from one. And then uh, by the time you guys get caught up with that, we'll be good to go. Yeah. So you've got, you've got about a year <laughs> to get through the first eight books. And uh, the ninth book in the series uh, will be coming out next year in uh, late 21 um, with Andrews and Wilson on the cover. So beyond excited, you know, to work with uh, the Webb Griffin estate, to work on such an iconic series and to work with Tom Colgan, quite frankly, at Penguin. Like uh, it's just sort of like checks all the boxes. So we're really excited to do it. Let's talk Tom Colgan for a minute. Tom, I know you're watching us. The Tom Colgan uh, plague series of of letters he writes every day since this COVID thing started are incredible. And Tom, if you don't turn that into a book, I don't know what you're doing. Right, right. It's been one of the most. In fact, there I will tell you, there have been weeks where the only thing that got me to get any work done was I got to get out of bed because I got to at least see what colgan posted today right like that that time i don't know what were you what do you guys think like late march or april maybe mid-april when it was like this is never gonna end um see I, the first thing i would do was not check my email it was like go to twitter and see what colgan has posted in his plague journal that day that that would make a great book yeah tom if you're listening that needs to be a book and a lot of people started this, but uh, started plague journals or COVID diaries and stuff. But I think most people fizzled out. He he is he's been a rock star. He is really really dedicated and kept this thing going. That's Every a lot day. of discipline. I mean, thirty days, sixty days, even ninety days. Okay, but he's gone like day whatever, hundred and fifty or something, and. Every single one is more entertaining than the last. <laughs> it has been, it is really, I'm not joking when I say that there were weeks where the Colgan journal got me through for sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, thing about sitting at his dining room table and how annoying it was that people were coming and getting milk out of the fridge. It was, like, it was just like silly stuff that's so relatable. Oh my uh-huh. God. Yeah. You know, I give him, you know, he's probably one of the most genuine people I know in the industry is because when I, um, I started putting together my, my books and stuff like that. And he would give me advice, like, you know, here, he's got way too much to be doing, helping then helping me out. And every time, every time you have a question for him, he's like, boom, he's into it. And he's just a, a good dude, man. So Tom, kudos to you. Yeah, I will. I will tell you that that is one of the attractive things about this: the opportunity to be edited by Tom Colgan. Um, we've known him for a little while, um, just personally, you know, through the industry. And Brian and I have always talked about, wow, you know, that would be awesome to be able to have a project with Tom Colgan. And uh, when this opportunity came up, it was like kind of a no-brainer, not just because of Webb Griffin, but also because of his involvement. He is. You know, there's a lot of craziness in this industry, Jason, as you well know, as a writer. Um, 
Tom is like still that gentleman editor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a good guy. He's a sincere guy. Not it's not necessarily going to you know tell you only things you want to hear. He's a powerful editor, but he does it in a way that's professional and and kind. And he's a great guy. <laughs> he really, he really no, he is. Uh, but outside of the Web Griffin, you have something else going on right now. You have another book coming out. Let's hear about that. Well, here comes Dempsey again, my friend. So book six in the in the, uh, in the tier one series is Collateral. There it is. Uh, early, early view. <laughs> I don't know, Brian. You're not going to be a book model. This is- <laughs> Jeff, can you hold on a second? Guys, can yeah. you hold on a second? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking yeah. around my room and I'm looking at my shelf. Yeah, I don't see a copy of Collateral anywhere. Yeah, mm, yeah, yes. We got the we got the old not for resale on there. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so let's hear it. Let's hear what Dempsey's up to now. Tell him, Brian. Yeah, yeah. I could read you the 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 uh, jacket copy if you want. No, I want to hear the Brian version. Oh man, but this was this is perfectly crafted. Uh, if you remember, I mean, I don't think we have to. I think we've been doing this long enough that most of the people are listening. Probably we're not giving away too many spoilers, but in the last book, Red Spectre, so love beloved. I, you know what? I know I have that somewhere. Now I'm looking around. I have like 50 books just stacked up. I do have Red Spectre. So. You definitely have that one. If you don't have that one, it's because you yeah. threw it away. This one is one of my favorite covers, by the way, too. Great cover. Yeah. But if you remember in this one, uh, you know, when we left Ember and Dempsey and all his brethren, they had just taken a little bit of a, of a beatdown uh, from sort of a, a Russian doppelganger organization to Task Force Ember. So on the Russian side of the house, it's called Zeta. And they're playing these special ops, covert operations type of war games. And, uh, you know, Ember, Ember got a bloody nose. So when we, when we join up with the team in Collateral, they're on a mission to take out uh, the Zetas, one Zeta at a time, if that's what it takes. That's where we fall in with them. I like it. I like it. So it's, a, it's fun because it's it's got a little bit of everything. It's got that vengeance that we all like in a good thriller, right? Like that the personal stakes, but we did something a little different in this book. We've done a lot of covert operations. We've done a lot of seal team action, you know, special operations, but we've, and we've done a little bit of the threat of global war. If politically things don't go well, but we've never quite pushed it to that edge where we're moving chess pieces like we do in this book. I mean, we've got, I'm not going to give any spoilers here, but we've got an Arlie Burke, fully engaged in combat. We've got F-22 Raptors and F-35s flown by the Marines. We're putting Marines on the beach. Like World War III is, is definitely minutes away. And, and we've never done that large-scale military operations before, and it was really, really fun to do. Uh, really exciting to be able to pull in different things and call other people like you know, our, our SEAL team friends and our Submariner friends are like, dude, stop calling me. So we were able to bother other people for this stuff. Uh, we had a we had an amazing guy that I don't think wants his, necessarily wants his name out there, but a guy that uh, really helped us uh, with the um, surface warfare stuff and the missile stuff. But really cool, really fun to do sort of that large scale 
uh, military operation thing as a backdrop for what Dempsey and the team are doing. I like that concept. I like having, rather than just having a sole protagonist, you kind of have a whole bunch of other things going on. So that's really cool. So let me ask you this, Jason, because, you know, I, I think I should interview you. Um, let me let me ask you this. If you were going to do that, if you were going to move the chess pieces and do that, where would you do it? What 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 part of the, what region of the world would you do that would be the flashpoint of, you know, we, it's not it's not unmasking anything. Book three in the trilogy to let people know that this is Russia and America. Where would they really come to a head, do you think, in in the world right now? Russia and America, where it's kind of like a neutral area where they don't have mass forces. Let me think. Middle East, no. Um, Africa, maybe. South Africa. Australia, hey, you know what? Why not? Australia. Um, Captive body of water. Strategic captive body of water. Remember, I'm an army guy. We don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, our books have to start with water. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I'm thinking uh, Pacific Ocean. So, um, you know, go ahead. Well, Brian. captive body of water. Yeah. Hmm. There. Adriatic Sea. Oh, very good guess. Black Sea. Black Sea. Okay. There we go. Yeah, it starts there. So. They got Crimea. We're not get, letting them get the rest. That's all the spoiler I'm gonna I'm gonna throw yeah. out there. I want to see something happen between two global forces in South America. Mm. I love the Australia thing you just said. Like I like the Australia thing too. It's like, huh? I got this, I got this whole book brewing in my head now of China and America and Australia somewhere and the- somewhere because Australia the Aussies have incredible military force. They got a soft forces. I'll tell you that. I mean, so yeah, man. Let's Australia. I see that in a book. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to do another tier one trilogy, right, Jeff? So yeah. Well, we'd always talked about moving into Asia and the Pacific. Yeah. That would be so cool, Jason. You mind being a consultant on this? Of course, that's what I do. <laughs> you can gentlemen cameo too in the book. Of course, Jason Picklow. Yeah. Well, there's, there's there's any- you could use my middle name, John Piccolo. If there's any killer clowns, you're the man. Killer clowns. Gentlemen, I appreciate you coming on. It's always yeah, we look forward to the Web Griffin and Collateral coming out soon. 2021 can be a great year. It's going to be busy. <laughs> there we go. Uh, let's do a, Let's do something.